Is this all there is to the walk with the Lord? Am I just trying to maintain? I'm just barely maintaining on the edge here. Am I just supposed to just hold in this place right here until I just die and go to heaven? Is that it? No. God wants you to have an abundant life. God wants you to have a fruitful life. God wants you to do some great things in the kingdom right here, right now. God has a great plan for your life. If you would just step up and say, Lord, I know there's something greater for me. This is Jerry G. Martin, and welcome to the Light of the World broadcast. Jesus went up into the mountains one night and prayed all night, and the next day he came down to a level place so he could meet the people who had need. I want you to know that Jesus will come to a level place where you are so he can meet your need as well. Come and go with us as we continue to walk in the light of God's Word. As we have looked at Jesus' life and work in the book of Luke, we've seen him announce that the Spirit of the Lord was upon him and that he was anointed to preach good news to the poor. The poor are those of us who are still empty after we've done all we know how to do to be fulfilled in our lives. We're still empty. You're poor. We've tried money, education, relationships, living an unrestrained lifestyle, and still there's something missing in our lives. We feel like something is missing, but we can't put our finger on it. We are poor in spirit. We are poor in spirit, but Jesus has good news for us. He came that we might have life, and we can have life more abundantly. He said, I have some good news for those who are poor. He also said he was anointed to release the prisoners and to set the captives free. The prisoners and captives are those of us who are still held captives by habits, addictions, thoughts, and activities. We may have tried to get free on our own, but we find ourselves still chained up to those hurts and habits and hang-ups. He says, I've come to set the captives free. He also said he was anointed to open the blinded eyes. The blinded eyes are those who cannot see who he is. They don't see Jesus as the Savior. They don't believe in him as the Son of God. They don't see and understand that he paid for their sins on the cross. The blind will not see and then they will not accept Jesus. If he doesn't open their eyes, they will blindly go to an eternity in hell without receiving the eternal life that Jesus Christ offers. Jesus said, I am anointed to open the blinded eyes. Oh, that hymn writer said, I once was blind, but now I see. He also said that he was anointed to release the oppressed, people who are oppressed by the devil, by sickness, by disease, people who are oppressed by their fear and their worry, people who are oppressed by their past and a lack of hope for the future. But the peace and the power of Jesus brings you hope 
that releases you from all of those things that oppresses you. Jesus says, I have been anointed and I'm going to do some work. Then after that, in Luke chapter 4, he makes this remarkable statement. He said, today this scripture is fulfilled in your life. That scripture, that prophetic announcement in the book of Isaiah that he was quoting, he said, today it is being fulfilled and this is the year of the Lord's favor. Come on, somebody say, this is the year. He said, this is the year. You don't have to wait. It's available right now. And as we followed him, we've seen him in action, casting out demons, healing the man of his leprosy, forgiving the sins of this paralyzed man that was let down through the roof. Remember that? Take the roof off. They let him down through the roof, his four friends, on his mat and on his bed. And Jesus forgave his sin. And then he healed him of his paralyzed condition. We saw him heal the man with the withered right hand. Then he went and sat with the tax collectors and the sinners in public so that the church folks criticized him for hanging around with sinners and tax collectors. But he said, I didn't come for those who are well. I came for those who are sick. Those are the ones that need a physician. I came to find the lost, the least, and those who have need. What did we learn? We learned that Jesus loved people. Jesus had compassion for people. Jesus was moved by people. Guess who we are? We are people. He loved people then and he loves people now. He loved people regardless of the condition that they were in. Uh, Somebody ought to say amen on that one. He loved people regardless of the condition that they were in. He invited people to himself and he received people. He changed lives of every person that he touched. Do you remember when he touched you? He should have changed your life. He changed lives. Nobody can touch Jesus and their lives not be impacted and their life not be changed. How did he accomplish all of the things that he accomplished? I want you to look at the book of Luke again with me in chapter 6. And I want to just highlight a, a passage beginning at verse 12 through 19. This is after all the things that I brought us up to review on. One of those days... Jesus went out to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying to God. Let's look at that. One of those nights after he'd done a full day's work, he says he went to a mountainside to pray and spent the night praying. So he did three things. Number one, he separated himself. He got away from everything and everybody and went up on the mountainside. You're going to notice that there was a crowd of people always around Jesus, drawing on his energy, drawing on his power, drawing on his words, soaking up everything that he was putting out. There was a group of people around him always soaking him up. And if you are full of the Spirit of God and you love people and you're reaching people, they're going to draw from you. Now, if they're not drawing from you, that means you don't have anything obviously to draw from. 
So I want to encourage you as a believer, uh, be full of the Spirit so that people can be blessed by you wherever you go. They will draw from you if they can be blessed by you. They'll say, would you just pray for me? Would you just pray for me? And the people of God uh, ought to have some love and some light for other folk. Don't be so heavenly minded that you're no earthly good. So if you're not being drawn upon, you want to take, take a look in the mirror and say, Lord, why can't others see what's in me? He'll tell you. He'll say, take the bushel off the light. But people are drawn. I was sitting in the office yesterday and the phone rang and I'm answering. It's a lady from across town. She had great need. And after we discussed and she says, and would you pray for me? I said, well, yeah, sure. I'd be glad to pray. And I prayed for her. She said, I've called a lot of churches, but nobody ever would pray for me. I said, you called the church and nobody would pray from the church. So you ought to at least have a prayer you can pray for people. Even if you're in Home Depot and they're just standing around watching you check out. (laughs) You ought to say, let me ask you a question while you're standing there. If there was one thing I could pray for you personally today, what would that be? I can identify. While Jesus loved people, he had to go and get refueled and refreshed so he could continue to be effective in ministry. So he got away and separated himself. Secondly, he sought the Father. When he separated himself, he prayed. He's given us a pattern of how the believers should function in our lives. We need to separate ourselves and go somewhere and pray. He separated himself and prayed. What is prayer? Prayer is fellowship with the Father. Prayer is talking to God. Prayer is listening to God. Prayer is not just saying a few words on your way out the door. Prayer is not just being reminded that, oh my goodness, I didn't pray. Let me say something. Prayer should not be an afterthought for the believers. He sought the Father, and thirdly, he spent time with the Father. We are told that he spent the night praying. Here's Jesus, the Son of God, anointed with the Holy Spirit, full of power, and he felt the need that he had to go away somewhere, separate himself, and spend the whole night praying. If I'd have been there, I'm saying, well, why you got to pray like that? And he'd have been looking at me and saying, can you not pray with me for one hour? Now, I'm not going to put a guilt trip on you because I know you ain't going to pray all night, me either. But the point is, we need to spend some time, quality time, separate ourselves, decide we're going to spend some quality time with the Lord. Quality time. That means you got to turn the phone off, get away from the television. You can't just pray during the commercials. Let me just tell you this. You ought to spend as as much time with the Lord as you spend on your favorite program. You like to watch Married at First Sight for an hour? You ought to spend at least an hour in prayer. You can sit there and say, oh, that's that's a long time. That's a long time you're watching that TV. But when it's something you enjoy, the time goes quicker. If you enjoy fellowship with the Father, 
time go quicker. You ever been with your best friend or, or some exciting event or wherever you are? And you're like, whoo, that time sure passed fast. But if it's something that's a problem to you and you don't like it, it's a long time. To, man, that's a long time. Jesus spent the night praying. He had people that was trying to stop the ministry. He had haters and criticizers. He says, I need some encouragement. I'm going to the Father. He knew that his crucifixion was coming up pretty soon. He says, I need to go and get some strength and encouragement from the Father, some instructions from some direction. He was about to choose 12 apostles. Lord, I need your wisdom. I need your guidance on who to choose for this ministry to take it forward. Lord, I need to hear from you. Jesus always would say, I I don't do things on my own. The Father and I are one. I need to hear from God before I go out and try to do what needs to get done. I need to hear from the Father. What about you? You ever go down your pathway and wonder why it's taking you so long and why God's not moving? Because God said, I didn't tell you to go that direction. Here's what we want to do. We want to go in our own direction, and then we want to call on God to tell him to come on over and join us. And God has said, I have a direction for you to go. If you go the direction that I want you to go, you don't have to ask me to join you. That's the direction that I have set for you, and I'm with you all the way. I'm just trying to help you so you can uh, be more uh, fruitful and successful in what you're trying to do in your life. Follow the Lord. Spend some time with Him. In all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord and He will direct your path. In all of your ways, not some of your ways, all of your ways, all of your decisions, your work decisions, your career decisions, your relationship decisions, your financial decisions. In all of your ways, acknowledge the Lord and He will direct your path. You'll find your things going better. Things go better with God, not just with coke. <laughs> things go better with God. Ask Him before you go. Seek Him with your whole heart and ask for His wisdom. Ask for His direction. You'll find things going better. Ask Him and then obey Him. Let me put it that way. You can ask Him and He'll tell you which way to go. But Lord, that's not the desire that I have. Lord, that's not what I want. You say you give me the desires of my heart. No, he says, I give you what to desire in your heart. I give you your desires. And then you ask for your desires that I gave you, you get them. I'm just telling you, because some of you wonder why I've been praying so hard and God haven't done anything, because God's saying, I ain't in that. And that's not my best for you. If I let you go down that pathway, you're going to come right back crying some more. You think you're crying now? Wait till you go down that road. Because the Lord wants to look out for us. He wants our best for us. And he said, just ask me. So Jesus prayed all night, and when the morning came, he was refreshed and ready to work. I'm looking at that. You've been up all night long, and now you're refreshed. Jesus had a supernatural refreshing. God can give you strength and power above what you even can ask or think. He's not going to let you falter when you've been spending time with him. Now, you know, before you got saved, some of y'all went out and stayed out almost all night and got up and went to work the next morning. Well, you you stay up all night with Jesus. He ain't going to let you fall asleep on the job. You're going to have an alertness. You're going to have a refreshing. If you've been talking to him all night, he knows how to strengthen you and help you. 
Look at what happened. When the morning came, verse 13, he called his disciples to himself and chose 12 of them whom he also designated apostles. Simon, who he named Peter, his brother Andrew, James, John, Philip, Bartholomew, Matthew, Thomas, James, son of Alphaeus, Simon, who is called the Zealot, Judas, son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who became a traitor. There were a lot of disciples who followed Jesus. There was a lot of people who followed him, but he selected these 12. These were the men that Jesus prayed for and selected out of the multitude of disciples that followed him. All of us are to be disciples of the Lord Jesus Christ. Every believer is to be a disciple. Every believer even those sitting over there ought to be a disciple, and they ought to say it, amen. amen. And even those sitting over here ought to be a disciple, and they should have said, amen. amen. All of us should be disciples of Jesus Christ. Amen. But I believe he will choose some of us to step up to higher heights and to do greater things in the kingdom of God as we make ourselves available. Some he'll choose to do greater things than others because some are more prepared and ready and available than others. Why don't we draw close to him and see if he's going to choose us for something greater? Oh, okay. Nobody want to do anything greater? You just happy sitting in the church? Why don't you just say, Lord, is there something greater that you have for me? Or are you happy right where you are? Now, if you're happy right where you are, just go and stay there. But if you say, Lord, uh, uh, is this all there is to the Christian life? Is this all there is to the walk with the Lord? Am I just trying to maintain? I'm just barely maintaining on the edge here. Am I just supposed to just hold in this place right here until I just die and go to heaven? Is that it? No. God wants you to have an abundant life. God wants you to have a fruitful life. God wants you to do some great things in the kingdom right here, right now. God has a great plan for your life. If you would just step up and say, Lord, I know there's something greater for me. After he chose his apostles, he said, let's go to work. Let's look at the text here. He said, let's go to work. I'm all fired up. I've been refueled. I've got filled again with that anointing. I've been filled again with that power. I've been talking to the Father all night long. He assured me that everything is looking good. He assured me that he's ready to work today. Look at what he said. He went down with them and stood on a level place. That just took my mind right there when he said he went down. So he was up on the mountainside. So he went down and he stood on a level place. And then it says, a large crowd of people, a large crowd of his disciples was there, and a great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem, from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, who had come to hear him and to be healed of their diseases. Those troubled by evil spirits were cured, and the people all tried to touch him because power was coming from him and healing them all. He's been up all night. He's been praying, he's refilled, and he said, let's go on down to where the folks are. Notice he went down and stood on a level place. That means he went down to the plains. He'd been up in the mountain where he was inaccessible to the crowd. But now he's coming to stand on that level place. And when he got to that level place, the crowd gathered around him. I want you to know this, wherever you are, Jesus is willing to come down to a level place to meet you. 
If you can't get up where he is, he says, I'm coming down to where you are on that level place. I'm coming to your level. Somebody says, he's on my level. Come on, say that. He's on my level. He's on my level. If you can't get past your fears and come to him, he's going to meet you on your level. And the book of Romans said, when it talks about salvation, don't say I got to go up to, I can ascend into the heavens to try to find him. Or don't say I got to go down to the depths of the sea to find him. He says, no, he's near you. He's even, it's even in your mouth. Just begin to confess right where you are. He'll meet you where you are. Doesn't matter what you are, where you are. Don't matter where you've been. It doesn't matter what's going on in your life. It doesn't matter what your hurts or habits or hang-ups or your problems or your addictions or your issues are. He says, I'll meet you where you are. Aren't you glad he met you where you are, where you were? If you can't get past your shame and past your embarrassment, he says, I'll meet you where you are. I'll come to your level. If you can just come to him in faith for forgiveness of your sin, he's going to meet you on your level. I'm glad he didn't tell us we had to fix everything up before we come to him. He didn't say, no, you got to get right. Don't come in here like that. He didn't say that. Don't come in here like that. No, come on in here like that. You can't fix it anyway. I'll fix it for you. I'll come to where you are. I'll come right where you are. And I'll put my arms around you right where you are. You can't be bad enough that I can't help you. You can't be terrible enough. You can't be, be beat down enough that I can't help you. I like what the psalmist said. He lifted me up out of a horrible pit. And I mean, he went down into the pit and grabbed us and pulled us on up. He said he picked me up out of a pit. He'll come and meet you where you are. That text says that a great number of people recognize that. They must have heard about him. If you can just get to Jesus, he's going to help you. A great number of people from all over Judea, from Jerusalem and from the coast of Tyre and Sidon, they heard about him. Now, how did they hear about him? Because somebody was talking about him. Somebody said, just come see. Somebody said, just come here. And if the church folk would just start talking about Jesus... You ain't got to tell folks that they need to be delivered. Just talk about Jesus and what he's already done for you. If you can just come, if you can just hear, if you can just get in the place where the presence of God is and the power of God is, he'll do something for your life. The reason that people aren't coming to Christ like they ought to is because the church folks ain't talking about him. We're talking about everything else, but we ain't talking about him. We're talking about the president, but we ain't talking about him. We're talking about entertainers and athletes, but we're not talking about him. Just that somebody just need to talk about Jesus. I certainly hope that you've enjoyed this broadcast as we shared with you how Jesus Christ will come to the place where you are to meet your need and to change your life. No matter what's going on in your life, you may feel like you are in a place where God doesn't want you. God can't find you. Maybe God has no purpose for your life. But I want you to know that Jesus, in his purpose and understanding, came to seek and to save those who were lost. He said, it is the sick who needs a physician, not those who are well. He's looking for you and he's looking for me when we need him in our lives. If you need Jesus Christ to touch your life, just ask him to come in and he will be more than happy 
to meet your need and give you eternal life as well. I want to take a moment to invite you to join with us at the Light of the World Christian Fellowship. You can join us online each Sunday at lowcf.org. Again, that's lowcf.org. We have our live streaming services. We're also, at this moment, having our in-person services at our location in Umble. We're at 16161 Old Umble Road. Again, that's 16161 Old Umble Road. We have safety protocols in place. We have social distancing in place. We have mask wearing in place. But what we also have in place is an opportunity for you to have an encounter with Jesus Christ to help you through these turbulent times. For more information, call us at 281-964-1393. Now may the Lord our God bless you until we see you again next time.